To quote Mobilization Flywheel, Jesus trained disciples to cast out demons, but we, the church, settle for training believers to pass out bulletins and wonder why the average Christian is bored. Mic drop. That's a powerful quote. Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Foundation Church Podcast, where we desire to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. I'm your host, Austin Smith, and I'm with Jason Williams, the Senior Pastor of Foundation Church. Today on the podcast, we're talking about problems, and Jason, don't we all have them? We're living and breathing alive. We've got problems. So in this series of topics, you know, we're discussing and talking about creating a culture of evangelism within the church's culture today. And again, we're looking at cultural norms. On the last episode, we looked into identifying the patterns um, in, that lead to cultural norms and where you can kind of use it as an identifier. Uh, we looked at that. But on this episode, we're talking about problems. So Jason, to break it down and start it off, how can problems be an indication of our cultural norms? Well, problems can reveal what we value. They do it directly and indirectly. Um, directly because it's, it's, it's an attack on something that, that we're saying is important. Indirectly is because sometimes problems just actually surface things that really we didn't know we valued so strongly about. Um, you know, we can look at problems, things that we fuss about, things that we raise an eyebrow at, things that we personally struggle with, can reveal cultural norms for our personal lives, but also for the church. Let me give you just a couple examples. If we are fussing over the color of the carpet, if we're fussing over um, styles of worship, then what we've done is we've idolized an institution rather than being absorbed with a mission. And we have to be careful that we keep the main thing the main thing. So would you say that, you know, all problems are an indication of cultural norms? No, I wouldn't say all problems, you know, are an indication because not all problems are self-inflicted or true indicators. But we have to realize that they can be indicators of cultural norms that we have as a church or even as a follower of Christ. I think that's a good point. You know, realizing that problems can be indicators of what our cultural norms are and in the church's culture, I think it's important, you know, because I think we've made this clear in previous episodes. You know, awareness is the key to building a foundation for culture, um, laying a foundation for a culture in an organization and in a church. So, you know, how can you build something without knowing what you have? And you've got to be aware of what you have to be able to build on that. And so I think it's important to keep it in our minds, um, the listeners' minds, and fresh in our minds as well as we're continuing to talk about creating culture. You know, so being aware of the problems, even though all of them might not be indicators of your cultural norms, you know, being aware of it is very important. Well, I think if you look at the church at Corinth in the New Testament, you can identify cultural norms that existed in the church by looking at all the problems they had. And so problems become an indicator of things that we're valuing, things that have become cultural norms in our body and, and, and for us in America, in the American church. Yeah. And so we're going to give a breakdown, you know, of the three areas we're going to talk about today, um, the problems people face today. And so, you know, what are the three areas? The three areas are system preservation, self-preservation, and sin struggle. 
So what do you believe these problems are doing to the church's culture and the people of the church today? Well, I would have to say, you know, first of all, this is a personal belief. Um, So I want that to be kind of underscored. But I do believe they're holding the church back when you look at system preservation, self-preservation, and sin struggle. But more specifically, when you look at problems that the church at large is facing, they're really holding the church back from being truly effective in the world and actually combating culture. Uh, We see that with the church at Corinth. Again, I mentioned earlier, uh, they should have had more impact, but their own problems actually held them back. Yeah. All right, so let's jump right into these. Okay, so system preservation. The first problem area is system preservation. So what is it? Um, what are some examples of system, system preservation? Well, some examples may be your church bylaws or your policies. Uh, now, we know by law we, as a nonprofit 501c3, have to have bylaws. Um, but that can still become a problem and often, oftentimes is in the church. Uh, positions in the church actually can become problems. Style of worship can become problems. Personal routine or schedule can become problems. Uh, anything that carries a sense of organization and structure uh, and impact can become a system that's, that's interwoven within the church. So when we're talking about systems, we can break it down a little bit more. But let's look at Jesus, okay? I think Jesus is the ultimate example of what we need to model by. And, you know, he, he, he had a system, but it was a little bit different than what we're accustomed to. It wasn't necessarily an institution. So let's break it down. Um, first question, what did Jesus do with the disciples? Well, he was more concerned about them reproducing followers of God and not an institution like a church, a building, a structure. Um, you know, he, he was really trying to get the disciples to grow the kingdom. Um, you know, systems can be used to help people understand uh, the needs for directions and beliefs of the church to maintain unity. But we have to remember that systems are just that. They're actually systems. Um, they are not the Bible. They're, they oftentimes are just trying to give some general or uh, sometimes specific direction, but they can't take the place over the Bible themselves. Um, when we talk more about systems than we do our Savior and His plan for our lives— we actually create church members with very little impact in other people's lives. And so we lose sight of what Jesus was trying to do. He was trying to teach the disciples to reproduce followers. Now, as a result of that, when the Jewish culture in Judaism had their own rules and regulations, they come in and all of a sudden, now their disciples are actually being ridiculed and attacked, and, and the, the people are actually pointing it out. The Pharisees and religious leaders are pointing it out and attacking Jesus, saying, look, they're not following our customs. They're not following our systems. And, and what Jesus really tries to show them is you've lost the heart of God and the mission of God because you're so consumed by your system. Yeah, and so whenever we're looking at a practical standpoint, you know, in today's society and what we're dealing with within our church, or an organization. So what are some of the questions we really have to stop and ask ourselves for this? Well, I think, you know, one question would be, are we more focused on teaching people to follow our systems or God? We tend to devote ourselves to educating and teaching people to be really good church members or to, to really, you know, be good position holders, and we want them to do their best, but we need to think about it a different way. Or do our systems help people become a multiplying leader for the glory of God? 
I actually believe in systems. We at Foundation Church have systems in place, um, but our systems are just a tool. They're they're not the real goal. The goal is to raise multiplying leaders for the glory of God. And so our systems just try to aid us in that. And so if not, we truly have to face the hard truth that our systems may need to be changed or deleted altogether if our system has greater priority than God. Yeah, and I believe that is something that reigns true. And, you know, this can be pointed, pointed back to the quote at the beginning of the podcast, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. When Jesus, that quote that Jesus about Jesus, he trained the disciples to cast out demons, but we, the church, settle for training believers to pass out bulletins and wonder why the average Christian is bored. Wow. That quote, every time I read it, every time I hear it, it just literally shakes me because when we look at the New Testament, we see a church on fire. We see a church moving in power and authority under Christ and his leadership, and they're impacting culture. Culture is not sweeping them up. They're actually making an impact in culture. And so systems should never be used to raise multiplying leaders. Rather, they are intended to establish common direction for people to carry out specific activities. But they never should take the place of the power of the Holy Spirit, the authority of God's Word, uh, and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And so again, I would say they're needed. Systems are needed, but they cannot be idolized. If you don't have systems, I will tell you, you have no organization. But if you don't have good balance with your systems, you have idolization. This is something we have to move away from to be more effective with our systems. And so if you are a leader and you are establishing kind of direction that has become a system for you in the children's area, in your serve team area, or I'm going to speak in some language here at Foundation Church, our first impressions team, and you're trying to coach people to understand what, what we're doing here. Remember, the, the, the goal is to raise multiplying leaders. So everything that you have, it helps give some general organization, but it's not the chief goal. Yeah, and I think this is one thing you even mentioned to me uh, multiple times whenever in our discipleship here within myself is, you know, I'm more of a routine-based person. We mentioned, you know, a schedule or a routine being a problem. And can become a problem. Not that it isn't good, but it can become a problem. And so for me, I'm very routine-based. If you don't know who I am, um, I'm very routine-based. And so I'll get caught in the Wednesday to Sunday of our youth ministry to where I'm constantly going through the motions and just trying to make it week by week. And again, that doesn't raise multiplying leaders. That just puts me, and I'm falling to a level of where my system's at, and that's all I'm doing. I'm not um, moving anything forward or trying to... Um, create something to be able to raise up leaders, you know, and sometimes I can get caught in that and I'm willing to admit it, but let's move on to the second problem area. So this is self-preservation and Jason, what is self-preservation? Well, self-preservation is us focusing on personal ambition, control, or comfort. We could look at it from name recognition to church politics. And in Luke chapter nine, verses 57 through 62 there's actually an example of how self-preservation can keep us from fulfilling his mission for our lives or the church while we're actually living for ourselves. And we see that in Scripture. So 
self-preservation again. We're more devoted to personal ambition, control of comfort, name recognition, and church politics than we are the real mission of making disciples. Yeah, so like, what are some of the excuses or reasons we give to be, or that is in, inward focus? Some of the things that we get so caught up in in ourselves that we're just so focused on that, that it's almost becoming like an excuse. Well, instead of really doing the mission, a lot of times we will say, if I had more time, I'm just so busy. I mean, everybody's busy. Um, that's the culture we live in. But are we really just trying to maintain self-preservation? Or are we trying to fulfill God's plan? Am I doing the best that I can? Here's another one, with what I have. Um, you know, we oftentimes hear, I'm already doing the best that I can with what I have. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just maintaining. That's just self-preservation. We should be trying to stretch and grow at everything we're doing for the glory of God. And, you know, I hear people say, you know, we're and where we're at in eastern North Carolina, we're moving out of summer, but I hear people say, you know, in, in summer, as soon as summer gets over or school gets out or I fix this problem in my life, that's when I'll commit. Yep. Um, sometimes we even say, my kids as parents, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a parent, my kids are my focus right now. And so we use those things, really, they become excuses. Uh, so we can't use work, responsibilities at home, or a stage of life to be the reason why we can't make disciples. And I, and I can explain. When, when Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples, he actually used a participle for the word go. You could actually read it as you go. Jesus doesn't want us to include disciple making into our life. He commands us to make it our life in everything we do. So it shapes how you parent. It shapes how you are as an employee or an employer. It shapes how you are as a husband. It shapes how you are if you're a wife. Parenting, work, grocery shopping, church, gym, etc. These are just places and platform that actually connect us with people to carry out our real mission. But we can't get in this self-preservation mode where we're just consumed with ourselves, we're consumed with our agendas, we're consumed with our comfort that we're not fulfilling the mission. Yeah, and so uh, we'll move into the last problem area that helps us identify cultural norms, and this one is sin struggle. And we all know what this is because we struggle with sin. If we're old enough to comprehend biblical truth, I believe we all understand what sin is. You know, so what can be some of the sin struggles that we have in our life or people that may have in their life? Well, I mean, that's a deep subject. You know, yeah. sin is uh, something that we all, you know, do struggle with. I mean, we can list a few. I mean, gossip could be one. Sexual sins, uh, lust, lack of love, lack of patience, laziness, apathy. You know, all these things are sin. And we have to realize that if sin is not dealt with, it can destroy the church or someone's life. Because sin is very manipulative, it's demanding, and it's controlling. And the goal of the church is, is, is maturity in Christ. In theological terms, we call this sanctification, you know, the process of spiritual formation when we become partakers of the divine nature of God. And that's what God has in store for us. And so, you know, our fleshly battle can distract us from truly growing and becoming a multiplying leader. We have to realize that. Yeah, so we talked about system preservation, self-preservation, and our sin struggles. You know, and we have to remember we're not alone in that battle. I mean, we're, we have to use the Spirit to overcome it. We have to use the Spirit to be able to 
just fight these things. You know, God's going to equip us to do that, but we have to be willing to to put in the work, I would say. Um, put in the work of, you know, spending time in prayer and spending time of maybe having difficult conversations. Well, and I think we have to look at it from the standpoint that there, there are some of our listeners who are really good at maintaining the church institution. But you have to ask, is it getting deeper? Are you actually investing, as we say here, intentional relational investment, to raise up multiplying leaders? Who's getting closer to God because of you and your involvement in those areas? If people are not getting closer to God and being more challenged to devote themselves to making disciples, then all you're doing is maintaining a system. You're just, you're just going through the motions of that. Or if you just continue to make excuses why you can't devote yourself to actually investing in people, you're in self-preservation mode. Uh, or if you think to yourself, you know, I just got to fix so much in my life, you may be battling sin struggles that are keeping you back from actually fulfilling the Great Commission, God's plan for your life. And again, I think we need to remind our listeners, we're asking, what's the problem? What's actually holding you back? Is it system preservation, self-preservation, or a sin struggle? Something's probably holding you back. Now, for those that are more mature followers of Jesus Christ, maybe you've been following the Lord for, for, for quite some time, and you've grown through some maturity, but yet you found yourself drifting back to one of these areas. That can happen. This is a dangerous allurement for all of us because we all have flesh that is weak and we battle sin and we battle self-centeredness and we battle, you know, just like the Pharisees and the scribes, we put our systems over God and all of a sudden the real mission that God's intended for our lives doesn't happen. And that's what we're trying to say. You can avoid that. Uh, you got to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Come back to what the real mission is and make sure you're trying to fulfill it. Yeah, and so just remember those key three areas, the three areas we talked about, remember them as you know the indicators of the cultural norms in the church today, but also kind of evaluate yourself. You know, Where are you? What are you dealing with? What are you going through? What are the people around you going through? You, know, you have to be aware of these things. And remember, awareness is the key to building a foundation for culture. And so we, we've got to remember that, and we've got to remember its importance. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Foundation Church Podcast. Please be sure to like, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and on social media. Also, don't forget to check out our app where you can listen to messages from every Sunday and also listen to this podcast on the go. We'll see you next episode.